0: (laughs) Hello, home video viewers. Uh, This voice you're hearing is Ryan Johnson. Hello, I'm the writer and director of Knives Out. Sitting, uh, the disembodied voice sitting to my right is... Noah Segan. I play Trooper Wagner. The heart of the film.
1: (laughs) And then the, the voice to his right is... Steve Yedlin. I was the cinematographer on the film. Yeah... Let's
0: listen to Nathan Johnson's score. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This first shot, this is early in the morning. We had our effects guys kind of pump that fog in, and then these two doggos, very good boys. uh, They're running from one trainer in the distance to another trainer right next to the camera we had a lot of trouble getting them right by the camera, actually.
1: I think we had to, like, build a little ramp for them to run onto. Yeah. Well, the ramp was also so that they wouldn't just go dive straight, straight, straight down, down out of the bottom of the shot, right. too, yeah. Edie
0: Patterson right here, who is an incredible actor and comedian. Wonderful writer. So those little inserts, I mean, it's kind of inspired by the 1970s movie Sleuth, a lot of this stuff in this house. That guy, Jolly Jack the Sailor, is a direct reference to Sleuth. But uh, all of the crazy little things in this house, um, you know, it's supposed to be sort of all of Harlan's obsessions, and a lot of those initial inserts were automatons, which are, like, actually little clockwork robots. So that guy who was up on the ladder, when you wind him up, he, like, does a somersault on the ladder. And the drunk guy, he, like, takes a drink from the from the mug. It's a, uh, yeah, it's kind of this whole little subset of...
2: And we should note that we went from the real house to... Too late. <laughs> what we built. We, this is what you built, though. This, this is, is what, what you and Steve built. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to accommodate, uh, uh... That cool house. That's yeah. true. Yeah. We should, augment that we cool also house. know
0: we had to paint out some of the blood that we had on set there because to get our PG thirteen, <laughs> <well, laughs> yeah, we had to paint it back. Uh-huh. <laughs> this uh, this we shot. Uh, this is one of the few things that we shot not in or around the house. This is down in Boston. This is actually a neighborhood in Boston that Whitey Bulger, the the gangster.
2: Oh
0: yeah, that he, he, he was—he hiding in, there. He grew oh, up he was... in. No, he's dead.
2: He's dead. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry they, to break it to you. Didn't they, didn't they find <laughs> him hiding? They found him hiding, right? And like,
0: then on on the iPad, this voice—we have the nanny cam footage. I don't know if everyone recognizes, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing his best David Caruso impression. <laughs> and this is Marlene Forte, who plays the mom, and Shirley Rodriguez, who plays his sister. And Shirley is a. Yeah, she's a really terrific actress. I had read before for a couple other things. I was happy to
1: find a thing for her to do here. Oh,
3: I guess we did it okay. anyway. I'm sorry, Martha.
1: It's okay. This was also right at the beginning of the shoot. I think this was day this was two or day something. day two, like, yeah. yeah, we
0: did start here. Also in ADR, when we were recording Walt's Lines, this whole thing that... Walt doesn't understand the idea of color ID. <laughs> I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a laugh out loud joke, but <laughs> we'll come we'll, we'll come back to this little security shed. It's uh this is kind of our first taking in of the house with a drone shot. So we were shooting here in winter. We were shooting here, basically, when do we start? December. Yeah, it was like October, did we start? Late October,
1: um, early November? Yeah, Let's, thereabouts. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah.
0: And all we were doing the whole time is just, well, first of all, you can tell this is earlier in the shoot because there are leaves on the trees. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you'll see the leaves come and go over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we were just praying that it didn't snow. And uh, we didn't get much snow, did we? No, we got no snow, and we were just so lucky.
3: Not knowing what to do
0: next. Catherine Langford playing the part of Meg right here.
1: You're part of this family, thank you.
0: And Jamie Lee Curtis. So this is uh, this beautiful mansion that we just found in the middle of Massachusetts, about an hour south of Boston. And uh, this is the... Actually, the, we shot inside, outside of it. All this stuff kind of in the entryway at the bottom is uh, is actually inside the mansion. This is right. the real space. And uh, I like think Steve did a beautiful job. Oh, look at this guy! <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> Steve did a beautiful job of... Uh, Fix his tie of capturing kind of the gorgeous light in this place, the steely light coming in from outside. So, how you I doing, doing kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> But then this is also a real location, but it's in another mansion nearby. Yeah, probably about
2: 40, 40 minutes away. Yeah. Half hour away.
0: Cool. And... Uh, yeah, this big library was there. We dressed it with all of this crazy stuff, like all of the props and the crazy like bearskin rugs and obviously the knife donut. Um we brought all of that in. But uh but this library was a uh, existing
1: location. So we understand that. But I think
0: because we were shooting all day long, Steve, you did set up lights outside. Wasn't?
1: Yeah, so the uh at the other location we as much as possible just used the real steely winter light and augmented it with uh with lights that we that we would match to it but here uh it w- we we did it more kind of traditional even though it was a location did a little more like a stage where the the lighting was kind of set up continuously mm-hmm. yeah uh that, that,
0: that bit about about uh where where fran is discussing her hair. Originally, there was a little bit more business where she like picked up another stick and threw it, so the dog chased it and then chucked the thing the other way, but it was too much <laughs> having Blanc just stare in the distance while she did all this stuff back there, so cut it down.
3: Where's your medical bag? I don't know left here I always live here with Heartland.
1: this one coming ups a nice connection from the stage to the to the real location with the with the window through all the revisions I kept trimming it down I kept like
0: trying to make it more dynamic and clear and I never didn't get the note that it was just boy those first 30 pages are really rough and then it kicks into gear and at some point I kind of had to just say, God, I think it's just because you're meeting all these new people, you're seeing mm-hmm. all these names, there's all this complicated intercutting. Because the way that this intercuts with the flashbacks, this, that was all just, like, on the page. And so yeah. it's tough to
1: kind of, it's yeah. a lot to read. Well, in, in the script, it's a real effort to remember which characters, which from a yeah. name you only just saw, but when it's right. an actor's face, you, you, there's no effort at all. Or to, something to, on you
2: know, the screen, to, you know, that actually... Which was a pretty late
1: yeah. edition, actually. It was late in the editing process I decided, that I decided, let's put
0: titles on there, yeah. With each of the folks, say, just to help. But help you know,
2: credit it. to you. I mean, you didn't you didn't color code it. You didn't put it in. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a version of it where you could have you right. could have really painted, like literally painted by numbers. That would have been
0: a good idea. Into actually. it, <laughs> maybe in the next one. Yeah. yeah. But
2: the, but uh, uh, I, I do think you get a pretty good clear picture of who these yeah. folks are.
0: But also say that like all these interlocking flashbacks and everything. This was all. Just kind of on the page and then storyboarded. So we, when we showed up on the day, we were just getting the pieces that we needed um, mm-hmm. because yeah. we did not have a long time in terms of the shoot. It's a pretty quick shoot. Big fan. Big <laughs> fan. So Noah, Noah and I, we were uh, we we met with brick years ago the first movie we did together years and years ago
2: first my first film my first film um we met and you did something that is not common with uh young filmmakers young actors people who don't have a ton of experience you just met people and like had a cup of coffee with them yeah and just got to know them and um, and that was, in hindsight, either a, a a benefit or a mistake for us because Big mistake. we because Big we mistake. just realized that we liked all the same stuff. We just became friends and became friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so we've been working working friends ever I've, since. I feel like this role, though, I finally
0: wrote you. A role that gets to the soul of Noah Segan.
2: <laughs> this is where the uh, the the Venn diagram of <laughs> reality and fantasy sort of become a <laughs> become a, a filled in uh, solid circle. That's probably true. Yeah.
0: We just saw, like, the little flashback to the cake. One of the things I love about the murder mystery genre and about, like, the fact that it kind of exists on these two separate timelines is this whole thing of dipping back into the previous timeline from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> we only did a couple of takes of this, cause she, and she picked this song, by the way. She was, like, I was, like, looking at different songs, and she would, like, pick this Roxy Music song, and then we had to pay to clear it. Wow, but she's so good. Sorry. I forgive you. What was I saying? What was I talking about? You're
2: saying about the different perspectives that you can have.
0: Yeah, and so dipping back into the past with these different perspectives, it's something that you can do very easily with movies. Just the subtle thing of having the same shot, but it's a slightly different context. never missed wiring a tuition payment to my schools. Catherine, I also love her shirt, which is a. Anatomical
2: diagram. <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows this <laughs> that. That might have been how we kept our PG 13. I was gonna say they didn't catch that, <laughs> didn't catch it, that's what that was. So I want to uh, strike that, it's yeah. just some uh, abstract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> eating a single baby carrot Um, out of anger. As we do. Uh. (laughs)
0: So this whole thing with tapping the piano, originally in the script, I had Blanc back behind Elliot and he was supposed to tap the back of his chair with his foot every time he wanted him to ask a specific question. And then when we worked out the geography of the room, I figured I realized he was going to be too far away to do that, but this piano was back there. And, but um, before
2: the piano was what you had, you had you'd given him a kazoo. <laughs> and he was this, going is to blow this is not true. Uh-huh. This is how the rumors
0: get started. This is how rumors get started.
1: Slide whistle. I, I have a question. I, I, don't, I, yeah. I don't know if I, I ever asked you this. Why do they all refer to the house as there instead of here uh, when they're in the house? Because, yes, at some point
0: I made this decision. It's because this looks this room looks so different from the foyer where the rest of the thing is taking place. Gotcha. I felt like even though, yes, they are in the house, I, I felt like it would be clearer if when they're referring to there, it's when we're seeing, like, the kind of what looks like this other location that is, like, the house on the night, basically. Gotcha. So, yeah.
1: My 85-year-old father, who committed suicide.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm here at the behest of a
0: client. So oh. I had ran into the script I say, that Blanc speaks with a speak subtle... My Southern accent.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Webster's dictionary defines. <laughs>
0: and uh, and so uh, I, when I cast Daniel, uh, we, we kind of got into it. He just like dug into it, and we're like, okay, what is this accent going to be? He found reference of Shelby Foote, the historian, um, who is interviewed a bunch on uh uh Ken Burns Civil War documentary and has a Mississippi drawl. So it's kind of that it's a little foghorn <clears throat> Leghorn. It's also a little Harlan Pepper, which is Christopher Guest's character on Best in Show. Which is funny because Christopher Guest is Jamie Lee Curtis's husband. And um from Hamilton. On set, I would occasionally just like Oh, here's
2: your Hamilton moment. Hamilton, we found it. <laughs>
0: On set, I would occasionally just kind of drift into doing Harlan Pepper's uh, nut monologue. You remember he's in the car with his dog. He starts Beech naming nuts: nuts.
2: macadamia nuts.
0: nut, pine nut. and I could see Daniel just kind of side-eye me like please stop
2: (laughs) this is my craft (laughs) (laughs) oh god
0: I mean the other advantage of keeping Blanc back there and doing that piano thing for the first half of the scene is this is such a long scene and to give it some shape Mm-hmm. to have it be kind of pre-blanc and post-blanc so it feels like it's kind of kicked into another gear when he enters it and starts actually kind of digging into everybody. Um, anything to kind of give this whole sequence shape kind of would help. And this cut...
2: talking my baby brother in front of a police
1: detective and a state trooper. Walt doesn't
0: run shit. That took a lot of finessing. <laughs> Bob Doucet, our amazing editor Bob Doucet, <laughs> Um, I remember he and I just like working it like one frame either way wow. with that cut from Jamie to Dawn to find the exact moment where she's opening her mouth to say the next word and then <laughs> cutting in on Dawn there. Get into it at the party. And that little cut there is an example of something where we were always looking for things where we could steal and cut away to illustrate what they're talking about. And so that was stolen from the beginning of the scene that's about to happen next. And we just said, oh, well, if we can actually see them doing this when he's saying it, that would be.
2: Right. Was it shot specifically to be from, from Richard's perspective or was it supposed to be originally from Walt's perspective?
0: Well, that's the thing, it's a cheat because right. that thing we cut to is from, you know, it's Richard is talking about that thing we cut to. Is was just, from
2: Walt's, per, was
0: it's presumably this, from. It's this shot
2: right here. Right. It's, it's like another take of that. And we just, just stole a little piece of it just right. to right. illustrate it. So you were able to use something that came from a a Walt moment right. as a Richard moment because you had Richard's reaction. Steve, was this a lampshade that we found? Yeah,
1: on so we found this like Baroque frilly lampshade and uh, it was just kind of an extemporaneous idea. We first did it. Um, in the scene when uh, when it That's tilts right. up from Joni and and you hear the thump on the floor, just yeah. so that the ceiling wasn't blank. That's right. And then once we started doing it, we kind of made it a little theme in the in the house. And this was also, I shot. This is all.
0: This is one take, and we just hold this. And I remember just shooting this with Michael and christopher and then just making that terrifying decision to not get coverage <laughs> and just say okay this is i'm gonna lock myself into this is the scene i can't shorten this or anything we're just gonna so this is this is the only coverage we got of this is this one one shot and we did a few takes of it but this is like we never had anything to cut away from just probably never a good idea but with actors like this <laughs> actors like this you can get away with it Michael Shannon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michael Shannon was also kind of the stealth VIP of improvised zingers mm-hmm. on set. Michael Shannon is very funny. <laughs> and I think some of the funniest lines in the movie are Michael Shannonisms. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating
1: one iota of shit. Yeah. It's yeah. coming up later. Yeah. Well, that, that, uh, his, his whole wild lines when he was improvising that oh is probably the God. hardest I've ever laughed in my life. It
0: was in pain. <laughs> this is a pickup that we did. We faked this and put this in front of a green screen and then comped in like from one of the wide shots that we stole just because we were a little worried that everyone's talking about ransom, but we haven't really gotten a good look at Chris. Mm-hmm. This bit where Chris walks out is the only thing where we see him and we don't see him that clearly. So mm-hmm. just to clarify that this is who we're talking about, we kinda of manufactured um that shot of that family portrait to connect them
1: up. And I was surprised how well it worked. Yeah. And, that, and there was very little additional photography that shot was one of them, but it was we did one day and it was just a, a few inserts and tiny stuff. Yeah. little
0: inserts yeah, yeah yeah complete. yeah that's true we never we didn't have to reshoot any scenes or and we didn't cut much out. there's really only two scenes that were cut out of the movie. one mm-hmm. is a one we'll have them as additional scenes here but one of them was with Joni and Blanc and the other was with Ricky Lindholm's character
2: Donna and Blanc. I love Don in this. <laughs> he cracks me up. This. Mm-hmm. He's such a good. He's so good at at lying. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like. Yeah. Tell her or I will.
3: You tell
1: her. No, you're great in this shot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Took me a, yeah, all sorry, day Sorry, I couldn't the depth of field anymore. But... <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. All day and makeup.
0: Exactly. It's... <laughs> I, say. I always like the eyeballs back there right behind <laughs> Harlan. So this little study is in, in the real house. Uh, this is like an actual location, but this is one of the denser locations in terms of all the stuff on the shelves, and it's really beautiful. Christopher Plummer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mr. Plummer, besides being just a legend, he's also the sweetest man on the planet such a sweetheart and he uh i would i would one of my favorite movies is the man who would be king and so i would just like sidle up next to next to Plummer, in between takes and just try and get him talking about working with john houston which was amazing this little look here that he gives (laughs) uh and this whole sequence this whole thing we 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 there wasn't much the big stuff that we cut out from this big from this whole sequence, but we did do a lot of little trims. Like I remember that cut to Joni saying the house, which I think works really, really well. Originally there was some other stuff. There was like an intro where Blanc like asked her, So you were the house too and then, and look at those eyes. <laughs> and anything we found where we could just kind of like cut to the chase, it, it helped. I like this dolly, this little thing of this sp- getting the spanking. Mm. <laughs> I like that.
2: And yeah, the good thing about having all these different perspectives and interviews is that there are built-in redundancies, yeah. which you can either use to your advantage and say, "Hey, listen, somebody, we we want to make sure that people hear this twice or three right. times right. to really get it right. get it down for the or our cup runneth over and we can uh, exactly. we can save something here and it's kind of a benefit of the yeah of the genre
1: yeah god tony is so good
3: from me please you don't understand joni
1: i know do you remember we actually thought that the we were trying to like shore up the dolly because of that shake and we realized he's actually shaking the table yeah. yeah i remember that <laughs> exactly. of shaking yeah
0: Was just a money wiring issue with the office at the school. So I had to ask Harlan to kind of check for the semester. I think this little, and she's gone bit from Lakeith was a on the day thing. Mm-hmm. I think he, he just did that. <laughs> All these funky little things had like pug doll with like the fur coat on, so crazy. Yeah. I think this might've been the first shot we did with, with Tony. And she, I think this was like <laughs> take two, and I was like, that was perfect. And then when we moved on and Tony looked at me panicked like,
2: Really? You don't want more takes? And I was like, no, that was perfect. I think that's sort of something that every actor goes through when they first show up. Yeah. Is like, am I did, am I right on? And yeah. then they go, no, yeah, you're right on. You yeah. Go, Great. All right. Well, I guess <laughs> now this train's moving. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. But with a cast like this, it was a this, lot of that. This
0: baseball thing, I, I feel, fi- was a very late kind of addition. Because I had to figure out a way to get Linda back into the study to find the note at the end, mm. and I think we were actually in prep when I came up with the baseball thing. The idea being, it's his petty little angry gesture here that gets him caught. That he throws the baseball, Blanc picks it up, the dog gets it, Linda finds a baseball, says this belongs back on my dad's desk, and mm-hmm. that's what draws her back to the note.
3: At least interesting. But-
0: God, we got so lucky with the weather and the light
1: just um, the fact that we had this beautiful steely overcast day the day that we were supposed to shoot this mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and we and when we scouted it was so sunny and we were we were talking about that steely winter light uh, assuming we were actually going to get it and we yeah. and we actually did for the most part we also i mentioned that we were
0: shooting in winter Basically, we we just before we came in to record, we were like, oh, this, you know, today, like a year ago, we were shooting exteriors, and the guy who owns a house just emailed us a picture and said, this is what it looks like right now, and it's blanketed in snow. (laughs) (laughs) We realized exactly how lucky we got. We had these uh, David Crank and our our uh, production designer printed these things up special, these uh, transparencies. um, Transparencies, yeah to to do that specific gag with
2: the window. Interestingly though this was a, a rainy day. Yeah. We made we made uh, um, we made some 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 sort of uh, uh, off the cuff choices to accommodate the rain on, on this day I think. <laughs> did we? I thought we just got rained on. Did we just get rained on? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this was freezing and it was raining. <laughs> you can see the breath coming out of, <laughs> coming out of Daniel's mouth
3: started at 15 and then he, he needed more help.
0: Anna de Armas. Anna is uh, a incredible. She is a Cuban actor who's, she's done some very good work, but she's only started, she's only really been acting in, in American films and Western films for a few years. She was in, uh, the recent Blade Runner movie, she played the hologram girlfriend and she was terrific and she's been in a couple of other good things. But I wasn't really familiar with her work beyond that and Mary Vernu, our casting director, brought Anna to my attention and said, you have to look at this actor. And the fact that Anna could kind of step into the middle of this insane this. cast, uh, not just like in terms of the names but in terms of the talent and in terms of the size of the performances that everyone's giving and the fact that she could step in the middle of this cast on day one and just confidently,
3: Richard, have an
0: to a large extent, you know, carry the movie is kind of amazing to me. She's She's really something.
1: and then we got lucky that when the day we did this it was sunny to contrast yeah Yeah, this was incredible that the that the flashback is sunny which you know we we could have said we wanted that and it never would have happened i know it's all really just (laughs) just luck
2: what is that that line by the way that he says why do men instinctively pull loose threads on their pet is that is that 100% 100% you, or is that it's a quote? It's me, I think, wow.
0: yeah. That's, unless that's unless I'm forgetting and I'm no.
2: appropriated it from somewhere. I mean, I'm going to appropriate it from you. <laughs>
0: that's a good one. <laughs> just give me my 10%, and I'm oh. fine. <laughs> uh, puking into the pig. There we go. So the puke thing... <laughs> the puke thing was a, uh... That was, that was just kind of like a story thing. It was just like, okay, we know we're setting this thing up where you're going to kind of care about Marta. She's in this tough spot. Her only tool to get out of is lying, so let's take away that one tool. And I forget where I came up with the puke thing from. Just the idea of her having, like, a different tell or something, you know, but having it be a a little more fun than just, like, she blinks twice or something. (laughs) We enjoy our work.
3: (laughs) Good oh, What's up? <clears throat> oh my
0: god. Yeah,
1: bizarrely that too with the sun. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. bizarre. I mean, it's incredibly yeah,
0: they had these
2: really nice, beautiful bucolic <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hang times together those yeah. two.
0: You and uh Keith, Noah and Keith end up really really bonding and we 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 uh <laughs> and we and we also were like you guys pitched a whole cop show spinoff based on these two characters yeah we
2: want to do a uh, we want to do a, a spinoff and we want to call it okay cops <laughs> <laughs> and the tagline is they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about me and Lakeith <laughs> kind of solving every crime. Maybe, like, a few fall through the... Like, we get the important ones. Some of them don't quite work out. We also, you know, have... We have things to do, yeah. you know. Not, that's Not uh, too many innocent people are incarcerated. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And nobody really... You know, and if they are, it's a short... It's like you, you know, low-level, like, you know, no the state... (laughs) Are not very high. We can't, you know. Something really important happens. We call Benoit, and that's (laughs) and that's our show. Well, that was one nice. I mean, because in the Houdini, it's kind of a trope
0: that there's sort of the buffoonish like local cops. I like their. I like you guys being competent. I like the fact that like you guys are. You guys are okay cops. You know, you're pretty good. Fine, you're pretty good at your jobs, and you're. Yeah, and Blanc is the one who seems kind of wacky in the start and you and Lakeith is pretty dialed in, you know.
2: It's yeah, we're we're not bad at our jobs, we're just not um yeah. you know, specialized. I, I do say. admit we cut out a gag here where he talks about this envelope of cash and Lakeith is like, I'm
0: gonna need that that for evidence and Blanc goes, Oh yes, of course and he hands him the empty envelope. <laughs> 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 Also, we had these cigars special made. I think we had these specially rolled to be like incredibly long. (laughs) I don't know if they read as long as they are, but those are insanely long cigars. So this whole sequence is fun. And also this like hops around a lot of different. So that was a set. This is like a little two wall set. And it's, this is like a real room. And here's the thing Steve was talking about where we threw this shadow on the ceiling when we realized we wanted to pan up to the ceiling and without something there, it was just panning up to nothing. So we just tossed that shadow up there, give it something. And again, David Crank, our production designer, who's amazing. This and the upstairs hallway and Harlan's upstairs office, this room right here, these are all builds on mm-hmm. a stage um these are all sets and i think he david crank did an amazing job crank is he's collaborated with jack fisk on pta's movies and terrence malick's movies and he's an incredible designer also david schlesinger who is our set decorator he um he's the one who found all the incredible stuff in the house and filled it up with All of those automatons i was talking about all the details all the fake book awards all the book covers all the crazy statues and tchotchkes and everything just amazing stuff i remember this was the first thing we shot with michael him smoking the cigar oh right and and i remember being with jamie christopher our first ad and looking at the monitor and just watching michael smoke a cigar
2: (laughs) we were both giggling (laughs) (laughs)
1: although this is a we actually reshot it later. We did because yeah. she was too
0: clear through the window back there. Hope no one's listening to this who hasn't seen the movie, before. <laughs> it'd be terrible.
1: But well. uh There's going to be a different problem if they're listening to the commentary without having seen the movie. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, because in that shot, it was, and it's
0: still, I don't know, I think you, maybe you kind of buy it, but for a while it was way too clear through that window back there. And also she looked too young, like, going down. I think we actually ended up having, like, I think we ended up having Daniel stand-in, Ross, uh, do the, put on the robe and do it just to give it a slightly more hulking figure. Yeah, she was
1: too spry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. I love that everything you say here is incorrect.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, literally everything yeah. you say is wrong. He's a, uh, yeah, but he says it. He says it with, so with authority. Yeah. He's, it's okay. this is very okay, cop. <laughs> this is very okay, cop. <laughs> uh,
0: also, I realized I should have had Lakeith say here the blood splat patterns went eight feet and they were uninterrupted, uh, so that you indicate that's how the drop of blood got on her shoe.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So That's just edit, let's edit that in, Ron. Yeah. It's yeah. not too late, is it? He's giving me the thumbs up from the thumbs booth. Up. <laughs> let's crack <laughs> it open. Pull it from the theaters, crack it open. <laughs> got some other ideas. Exactly. Let's do it.
0: So now we finally get to get to Marta, and we are... Oh, we have a timer up on the screen. So we're 32 minutes into the movie. I actually thought that we were further into the movie when this happened, but um, this is kind of the end of the first act. And this is kind of where we finally show our hand in terms of what's going on here. There's a line in the previous scene where Blanc says to Elliot, you've been very patient, my friend. And the truth is, I'm kind of talking directly to the audience with that line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's been a lot of questioning, a lot of setup, and it's like, okay, now we're finally going to show you kind of what this movie's actually doing. And it's a little bit... I don't know. So this is a set. This is also a beautiful set by David Crank. Mm -hmm. That doorway
2: is incredible. Yeah, isn't that cool? and that wallpaper and everything.
3: No, 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 no. Get up
2: there! And the Go thing, that comes from you and... Well, you and Steve played Go, right?
0: Play Go. <laughs> we love Go, yeah. yeah.
2: And it's the one game I
0: can occasionally beat Steve mm-hmm. at. No, that's he not beats true. me every time at chess. That's not true. But occasionally yeah, that's not I can true. I can eke one out and go. <laughs> yeah, you beat me at chess. No, nah, I don't think that's true. It's a great game. Go is a. Uh, it's a game that kind of originated in China go is the Japanese name of it uh, because it was very much taken up in Japan it's a game you can learn the rules in five minutes and there's a saying that you should lose your first hundred games of go quickly <laughs> it's a very tough game to get good at and it requires a level it's on both very simple and requires a level of fuzzy thinking. That's okay. um that's fascinating. There's Hello. there was a big story recently Hello. about Hello. they finally they can for years a computer could not play Go as well as like the masters and they finally they finally wrote like an AI that can play Go, but it required it wasn't until it's not like chess where you can just do hard you know
3: number oh, crunching yeah, and do yeah. it.
0: It's not a brute force method. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: So Christopher, Plummer, and Anna in this scene, I mean, in in it? the middle of what's was, uh, been a very arch yeah. film to this I mean, point, they to have it. to but come in and land a real emotional connection between these two pretty quickly, and then they have to land this scene on an emotional level or the the whole thing doesn't work, mm-hmm. the whole movie doesn't work. And I think it's just you know, extraordinary what they're able to do here
2: maybe uh, did you shoot this over two
0: days this was more than two days i steve? think we're, yeah steve you remember right. i mean this whole yeah. this whole scene i feel like we were three or four days maybe even like a week but right. but this is a very long scene that includes the whole bit with them playing go all of this right. stuff and then what's about to happen with the medication and Joni and coming in. and it's
1: every time you flash back to it exactly too, so.
0: yeah 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 we consulted with a real nurse um in Massachusetts, who who showed Anna, like, all the steps. There's, like, a saline flush that she does in between each injection, and she kind of wipes the cap with the disinfectant. I was very happy. There was actually a a nurse on Twitter who, like, added me and was like, I noticed all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It felt really good to see it, like, properly done, which was cool. Between a stage
3: prop and a real knife. You know, I don't fear death.
0: So, yeah, this this set, and again, the dress, the set by David Crank, the dressing by David Schlesinger, all of this beautiful stuff and just the shape and the color of it, I just love this set. It was tiny. It was so tiny. Yeah.
1: And it was a complete tile puzzle to to work in there. Like, you had to move one thing, you know, you yeah. had to move the camera out to move the wall to get the camera back in and, yeah, you know.
0: Jamie Christopher, our A.D.,
1: He had joked that he was going to give everyone as a
0: a rap gift that tile sliding game.
3: (laughs) Just a tiny bit, okay? So this
0: whole thing with, in terms of just writing, the whole thing with the mechanism of switching up the... Switching up the drugs. Um, this was the thing that I banged my head against the wall the longest with because yeah, you did. Yeah. once I, because the, the setup was, I kind of re, I was like, okay, I need something where both she and the audience crucially need to believe that she has messed up and through her error has killed him. Um, but it needs to be something that I can effectively undo at the end of the movie and. The notion of how that, it's easy to do that in a complicated way. I had lots of bad, complex versions (laughs) of it. (laughs) Trying to figure out how to do it as simply as possible took just a lot of, a lot of time. You know, this is an interesting
3: and efficient method of murder. Did you
0: have a runner-up? No, it it was always reaching towards something with, like, the two vials, but there were different points where I had her taking them out of, you know... A, 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 like a medical compartment or, like, switching something. or It was like... So, it, no, it was... It was just a fumbling towards...
2: <laughs> <laughs> was, was it about trying to find the two the correct... It's eight-ish now drugs no it
0: was it was literally just how is this how do i boil this down to it's as simple the, the yeah, whole the, thing of just spilling the go board and them falling on the ground mm-hmm. and then her picking them up that helped a lot when i realized that
3: mm-hmm.
0: because that that gives you just a reasonable out in your head of oh that's why she accidentally switched them up mm-hmm. um mart anna's performance and christopher's performance i mean that Again, we've been in this kind of light, breezy movie, and then to really land this moment here, both of them, is such impressive work.
3: He's not here, Hart. I don't know why he's not here. He was
0: very happy to really get the knife in with the framing there.
3: To call an ambulance.
0: This was also the one scene, one of the very few scenes that we rehearsed. Anna and Christopher and I got together just like in a hotel room and just kind of taped it out a little bit and just figured out, and not really for the emotional beats of the scene, but literally just for the blocking, just to figure out the business and the blocking and how we were going to kind of play the whole thing, which, which ended up being really essential. It's funny that adding in that little shot of Joni was actually kind of late. It was like it was not scripted. It was, originally, we were just going to do that and will assume the audience would know. Another budget, but yeah, yeah, we tried it and we're like, oh, that really works. Yeah. And then, this shot coming up is one of my favorite shots in the movie. I was very proud of this right here. Also because we get to see the (laughs) leopard chasing the monkey. But I also just, I mean, I feel like the, all the elements coming together Nathan's music and Anna's performance here... I just just love this moment. um. Have we reached the point in the commentary where I just start talking about things I love (laughs) that are actually on screen that everyone can see? (laughs) The ability of actors to cry on cue. How do they do it? Well, I'll tell
2: you. Noah? (laughs) (laughs) What's the trick? How do you do it? Um, the trick is you uh, you believe that the thing that's happening is really sad, <laughs> and it makes you cry. Jeez. And uh, yeah, it's, it sounds pretty intense, right? It's yeah. why you, it's why it's why you get paid the medium bucks. That's why I get paid scale minus ten. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Go
3: downstairs as noisily as you can.
0: So this is a fun little example of the switch perspective. We've seen this once before, and she doesn't say, God, it's midnight already. He just checks his watch in the previous version. That's because that's told from Walt's perspective, where he was just like, I did, I, you know, I checked my watch and it was midnight.
3: Wait, was it before or after?
2: After the car, elephant.
3: No, he said before.
2: This is a, such an interesting choice here that you actually mixed up the voice. Yeah, yeah, this, it,
0: it's from her perspective. So it's like the memory.
2: Up to the house.
3: Take the side I'm still
0: disappointed that you didn't uh, do buff-after. Buff-after? <laughs> Be-after-for. Yeah. <laughs> I was very happy with this shot. That was, like, just on the day. And all of this duck Steve, talk about this kind of nighttime stuff
1: with the house. Yeah, so uh, basically all this nighttime stuff around the house is either dusk for night or day for night or a combination uh, of... Day for night and dusk for night in the same shot actually composited together like this for example you can it in like the sky essentially right yeah th- yeah that one was a dusk for night one it wasn't a composite of two but there was some work on it that was more complicated than just color correction to get it there gotcha
2: that uh painting specifically that painting was that totally custom or did that painting no. come from something and that's and a then... real
0: painting and and crank found that and was just like i think this would be the Cool thing to have on this trick window gag, and again, that hallway was a build so we could get the specific geography
1: of it. But it'll work. I love that we put the lights on the where it makes no sense where the lights are at the shin level there too, to just how weird the how weird that hallway is. Yeah.
3: You were seen leaving. The security cameras show you driving. In this
1: outfit with that
0: cap, it always makes me think of duck soup. (laughs) <laughs> for some reason the way that she's moving there it always she seems like groucho or when they have like the <laughs> uh, so kay Callen, who plays great nana uh <laughs> he's so good kay is a um uh she's an actor has done uh, she's been does she works in where she's done a ton of great stuff. She's done theater. She's done TV. She does movies, and she is it should be said, years younger than Christopher Plummer, and she's supposed to be playing his mother. And Kay, it was two hours of makeup every single morning to make her look like great Nana, and her performance. She's doing a lot more than you would imagine, <laughs> and and also that she,
2: acting thing. And also, I keep, she, tell, I keep telling you about it. Yeah, I keep telling yeah, you yeah. that this acting thing is whatever real. Uh,
1: well, she she was also weather cover, so she had to be ready to wake up at four in the morning a whole bunch of days where she wasn't actually. That's absolutely working. true. You're right because she had that big scene
0: with Blanc that was in the yeah where where he has the whole monologue, and that was always our go to weather cover is like you always have a scene that you know is interior that you know if it's raining or it's snowing or horrible outside. You can sneak you can change the schedule at the last minute
1: and go in and shoot that. yeah, so she had to wake up at four a m all those days. she wasn't even working to just to see whether she had to go in. oh my God, Louisa Abel was our uh, amazing
0: makeup department head, and Kelvin trahan was our hair. Maestro and their incredible work on Kay.
3: And the family was aware
0: of this.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Did you notice anything? Sir? It was pretty great. But yeah, oh. Kay, thank you for waking up early on those mornings. <laughs> we added in a subtle little stomach gurgle there <laughs> in the mix. Very, very subtle. Thank you, Miss Cabrera. And more vomiting. So coming up here is this is one of the very few instances where we took a scene that was supposed to go elsewhere. This this originally was later in the film. This was originally supposed to be post will reading. It's why it's as it's actually a big mismatch with her costume. That's her costume from the will reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the very few instances where we did a big shuffle and we realized sliding this earlier and we added that little li- line from uh, Michael, when he walks in to kind of orient us.
1: I keep waiting f- for the big reveal.
0: And it kind of does a little bit of a feint towards... ...what I'm guessing some of the audience is... ...jumping to, this the idea that maybe Harlan set all this up and he's actually still alive or something, mm-hmm. I think. That's kind of a natural thing I don't, to jump to. I really don't
1: see There's this Hallmark movie called Deadly by Surprise, with Danica McKellar. So
0: my wife, Karina, and I are big Hallmark movie fans. <laughs> <doing> and uh, <laughs> and we love Danica McKellar. <laughs> and she's in, she's in some uh, some pretty good Hallmark movies. I don't know if she's done a mystery, though. Because they're, they're there are Hallmark mysteries and then there are Hallmark Christmas movies, which we're big fans <laughs> yes. of. Don't like him because you love him. And I don't know if Danica McKellar has done, like, a mystery. Someone will point it out to me, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. You'll know the answer soon, yeah.
3: Germany needed in 1930-whatever.
0: I love Fran's reaction here. It's our reaction. Uh, yeah, this was this was a, a fun scene to shoot. And this is also one of those things where it's, you know... The streets are literally flooded. Once I kind of, the, the idea of setting the movie in 2019, and the idea of not just... That doesn't mean just, like, giving it a modern-day skin and giving everyone cell phones, but that meant actually kind of doing what Agatha Christie did back in the day. She was always writing to her times, you know? She wasn't like a incredibly political writer or incredibly socially conscious writer, but what she was always doing is engaging with contemporary British society in a very present way through her characters. And I think we tend to think of her books as these gilded little timeless jewel boxes. But you pick up any one of her books, you can tell what era it was written from because she's writing to the culture. And um the idea of okay, if we're gonna do this in two thousand nineteen, that means we're gonna do this in two thousand nineteen and we're gonna I don't know, everyone's family after a few glasses of wine.
2: <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, too. You're also writing to not just the 2019 experience, but the 2019 familial experience. Sure, exactly, Which yeah. is that we all, you know...
0: This is pretty universal. We, yeah, yeah, we
2: all have, to some degree, a level of uh, yeah. diversity or divergence within our families that we argue and so deal this, with. I have yeah.
0: to point out, Don came up with that, handing her the play. Uh. And we uh, we actually, originally in the cut, we tried cutting back around to the other oh, angle God, to see it more clearly, and out. it wasn't as effective. And we found that sticking with that kind of oblique angle on it was yeah. the way to go with it. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, no!
0: like, also, that song is a song by the band Spirit, and I've always wanted to use that song in the movie. I was happy it, happy it worked.
1: What's the matter? Whoa, whoa, hey. <sighs> Breathe. Gosh. Marta, are you okay? Hey, friend, do you still have your stash?
0: This room here was a room that like it was always kind of a neg- so on the wall to the left it's framed out, but there's a huge mural on the wall. Tapestry. It, it was a tapestry. Tapestry, tapestry, yeah. tapestry, not mural, yeah. And it was uh how old was it? Well, I forget. Was it a four hundred year old no, tap. No. There was a relevant? sign
1: that, that somebody had written that said it was four hundred years yeah, it old, wasn't which was no, years no, it was old. an exaggeration yeah. just, to just to really say, right. yeah, yeah, stay away from this thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it was a very old tap. Delicate You're telling tap me tap I've been straight.
2: thinking for a year that that thing's four hundred <laughs> years how could old. Four
0: hundred years old.
1: But but there was a pe- a white piece of paper with Sharpie that said it was four hundred <laughs> years old.
0: So. It was always a negotiation to shoot in there, just because we, we kind of... And we, when we were in there, we had to be extra, extra... We had to be very careful in the entire house, because this was... This is a privately owned home. This is like a real family's house that we were shooting in. and. If you've ever been on a film set, you know, there's lots of people trotting around and there you've got lots of equipment and dolly track with sharp edges. Mm-hmm. And you just we, we had to every time we were indoors, all the crew wore like um, booties, booties like paper mm-hmm. booties uh, to protect your shoe, the floor from your shoes. And when we were in that room in particular, we had to be extra, extra careful yeah, and respectful. And, yeah. and
1: lighting in there because we were see, kind of seeing the whole room yeah. and you know, they were very particular... We did, we were able to put some stuff on the ceiling just because there was no other way to <laughs> yeah. to do it, but that, it was difficult to, to do anything that was okay in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another interesting thing, we didn't have the painting of Harlan finished until after we wrapped filming. And so every single shot that the painting is in is a effect shot. Mm-hmm. We shot with a green screen within a frame, and the, every single shot is uh, comped in by our incredibly talented effects artists.
3: Did you know Harlan? He knew my father, who was a police detective.
2: Yeah, yeah what was, what was, where did that come from, he knew my father, where did that, um... We just, this was kind of from.
0: a a little bit of a... We added one line here just to try and give a l- just a tiny bit more context in terms of Blanc, and just give him just the hint of kind of having... a life outside this story. And then we had come up with this Apocalypse Now like gag <laughs> while we were boarding it out. And uh, Steve figured out how to kind of execute it. I love the lighting in this entire scene back here. So you're gonna I, I remember when we were shooting this, it didn't start storming, but like the wind started picking up and we have big lights suspended drop. over this <laughs> patio. And they started like shaking and all of us looked at each other and we <laughs> all just kind of huddled inside really
3: quick. Gravity's rainbow.
0: It's a novel.
3: Yeah, I know. I haven't read it, though.
2: Neither have I. It's a great... It's a great yeah, joke. Gravity's Rainbow being the first book you ever gave me, Ryan. Yeah, have you read it? No. Well, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I'll, I'll take it back
0: then.
3: <laughs>
0: I was happy that we got kind of the uh, happy accident of this reflection in Blanc. And the relationship, I and mean, one of the interesting things to me, like story-wise, that seemed like really interesting, is is uh, do it, so we do kind of the Columbo thing, where you know we reveal early on who the killer is um, and show them doing it. But I realized when I was planning the thing out, wow, if you could do that and have. The audience genuinely be on the side of the killer have the killer be the one who is morally in the right and who you are genuinely rooting for then the mechanics of the murder mystery itself the fact that the detective catches them in the end Mm. that becomes the antagonist of the movie that becomes a thing you're dreading even if the detective is a sympathetic character Mm -hmm. that's why i have this line right here
3: this machine unerringly arrives at the
0: truth that's what it does. And that kind of sets the stage for the audience in terms of that's what's, you know, this is what happens in these movies. The bad guy always gets caught. And in this case, the bad guy is the good guy. And so <laughs> seemed interesting to me.
2: Right, it does, sort of, it does sort of adjust the... It doesn't adjust the stakes, but it adjusts the definition of the stakes. Right. The, the, the definition of the stakes are we will find the truth as opposed to we will find the killer. Right.
0: Jessica Fletcher, shout out. <laughs> shout out to the original to the OG. There's Marlene again. And, uh... Speaking of Anna... Coming up here is... is one of my favorite moments of her performance, when she goes back out into the hallway the second time. But before that, we're gonna get the actual throat slitting here, which, um is another thing where we went through... I didn't. I don't know why I didn't see this coming, but I decided early on that we I wanted a PG-13 rating for this. And I, I, when I had written the script, there were a bunch more F-bombs in it. It would have been an R. And then I realized, what am I doing? I want this to be the type of movie you can go to with your family and everything, so I stripped all those out. And originally, this throat slit, I wanted it a very expressive, impressionistic, like red splash. Not like graphic blood, but just like an explosion of red towards the audience. So it was shocking with the color, kind of like a Hitchcock thing almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we did that, and it was great. And then we got it kicked back, and they gave us an R rating. And so we had to slowly strip it back until finally it's all suggestion and you see no blood at all, actually. You just see him draw it and we have the sound effect and you have her reaction and that completely carries mm. the notion that he slid his throat. I think it's still effective, but I do kind of miss the shock of the... Although sure. I guess
2: it's a lot. There really isn't any, any blood in the movie. Yeah, in the opening,
0: you know, you see... You see a pool of blood. You see a pool yeah. of blood, but no, yeah. For, for a movie with... That's a murder mystery. For a movie called Knives Out. Yeah, it's pretty... You
2: know, get a lot of... Pretty
0: bloodless, a lot yeah. of blood. Oh, wait, now here's some blood coming up. Oh, there you there go. Here we go. Give the people what they want. There you go. Oh, I right. spoke too soon. Let's sell it. Sell some popcorn. Right there. So Daniel can't whistle. So his bodyguard, though, Mike, can and mike is awesome mike shout is, out ricky to jay in ricky j in the, bottom jay in the right. corner right ricky j in the bottom right we'll talk about ricky in a second i walsh mm. but mike did the whistle off camera and daniel live and daniel did the <laughs> so Mike is three feet off to the left doing the whistle thank you mike so ricky j who is a dear friend who is a, was a dear friend of mine and is one of the great all-time great sleight of hand artists and a um and just a scholar of all things interesting in the universe, um, and passed away while we were shooting the film. And he was originally gonna play this part that Emmett plays. Um, and um, and we, when we lost Ricky, uh, Emmett very graciously agreed to come in and, and do this part in his stead. And on the fridge at the beginning, that was a picture of Ricky in the bottom right as kind of the original groundskeeper. Um, I'm very happy we got we got Ricky Jay in the movie in something more than spirit, and Emmett is a living legend. I mean, anyone who loves movies knows Emmett. He's, and when Emmett shows up on set, he passes out. He passes out two dollar bills. Tells you if you never spend it, you never go broke. He passes out steel pennies, mm-hmm. and he passes out his resume. He gives you his resume. So this,
2: so so this this this. Icon, this uh, uh, lion among character actors, goes around, gives out all these goodies, and then inevitably you come up to him and you say, will, "Will you sign this for for me?" You know, the the two dollar bill or the or the resume. You say, "You know, will you sign this for me?" And he goes, "If I signed it for you, I'd have to sign it for everybody." And he's right. And he's absolutely right. <laughs> he's so right.
0: I can't. We we made the art department drag this freaking hippo out to the middle of the <laughs> woods. So I'm glad we got a good shot of it. And. Menagerie Tragedy Trilogy, that was that was a thing on the day where I remember asking the whole crew, we need a name. What what's a name that like involves animals? And it was Butch. Our uh, was Butch the grounds uh, the greensman on set. yeah. Was it? He he came up with. Yeah, Yeah. Butch came up
2: with Menagerie Tragedy Trilogy, which is the uh, real real test of a. Of an actor's uh, yeah. <laughs> ability
0: to Menagerie Tragedy Trilogy, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Butch McCarthy, yeah, he was our key greensman, and he uh, he won the day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: this thing that he's doing in the background, I awoke a oh, McConaughey. I don't know why I find <laughs> it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: anyway, Did it rained the past week. Oh. No, stay
2: there. What? Whoa. Okay. We got footprints here, so uh, they're
0: okay, uh, cops. Wanna... <laughs> they're just—they're just okay.
2: They're fine. They'll probably
0: get their guy. What? Yeah, exactly. Stay
3: there, with... Marta. No, Marta. Stay there, Marta. No, hear... no.
0: So, right. this whole kind of sequence, after he's en- enlisted Marta, this sequence of her covering her tracks, basically, literally, but. Uh, with the tape, with this, with the trellis. This character is a dog. To show her kind of like being active and getting away with it. Here's our dogs
1: again. Speaking of the tape, that tape playback, Nathan and I personally crinkled the VHS tape. So on the security camera On the security, yeah, yeah. You mean you actually took it and... Yeah, Nathan and I sat there sat there with the, the, um, the composer, Nathan Johnson, and I took the Pulled the tape out of the cassette and crinkled it really? all up to get those white lines that, oh, that's that are going through it yeah oh that's so good <laughs> <laughs> so here's the house we added
0: the trellis the trellis was like our build to like kind of match the geography of what we needed and this dog performed to a tee Originally, there was a little bit more business where she, like, picked up another stick and threw it, so the dog chased it and then chucked the thing the other way, but it was too much (laughs) having Blanc just stare in the distance while she did all this stuff back there, so cut it down.
3: Where's your medical bag? I don't know left to here. i always be here with Heartland. this
1: one coming up's a nice connection from the stage to the to the real location with the with the window
0: oh that's true yeah yeah and we did build like where noah's walking down there like you walked through like we actually the, that hallway we built it all connected and so mm-hmm. that's the other thing with this set it is built two stories up so it was this tiny little set and it was on a platform suspended up Way up. and so it was. Yeah, it
2: was both. higher. It yeah. was higher, more than it was wide.
0: Yeah, and it was it was very <laughs> precarious. So yeah, that's this is a green screen. We're like shooting through the fr- and here we're just this is a set. This is the set. So that was a bit of connection. Worked. And here's Chris Evans.
3: <laughs> Ransom, call me Ransom. It's my middle name. Only the help calls me here.
0: Ransom is the name of a uh, the main character from C. S. Lewis's sci-fi trilogy. And I always thought it was a cool name and I was happy to finally get to use it. And the uh, the family's names are all 70s rock stars. <laughs> to help me remember it when I was writing. It's uh, Joni is Joni Mitchell and her ex-husband is Neil, Neil Young. Richard and Linda are Richard and Linda Thompson. <laughs> Walt and Donna are Walter Becker and Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Milk. hey asshole. what about fran not her name, not nah fran's just fran fran's just fran <laughs> fran's and what about fran what about the cops what about uh elliot detective elliot is named after my dear friends dan and stacy sheridan their son is elliot and mm-hmm. so it's named after him and uh wagner there's frank oz the great frank oz And Wagner is, uh, we came up with that together.
2: We came up with Wagner because we are both such big fans of uh, Ricard Wagner's. (laughs) (laughs) It is
0: actually an opera reference. (laughs) It is an opera reference. (laughs) So this, any scene where the whole family is together like this, this and the Will reading, these were the most fun days, even though obviously there's a lot of coverage to be gotten and they were long days, but they were so much fun because the whole family, all of these actors, just had so much fun playing off of each other. And the energy in the room was just so much fun. Also, between takes, so everyone had trailers back at base camp, and no one would go back to their trailers in between takes. Everyone would just go down in the basement of this house and hang out in this funky rec room in the basement. <laughs> around this like foosball table yeah
2: there was like an old-fashioned uh like family rec room where yeah they had a foosball table and a bunch of you know bunch of a slap chairs and stuff and we would just sit there playing like literally playing charades yeah like a family would it's really amazing
0: We oh <laughs> gotta do this more often hey so we picked those cookies we which are Belgian cookies? They're like the bathroom, little. Those are the cookies you get on the airplane. When we screened in in uh, Ghent in 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 uh, Belgium in Belgium they. I just heard two things. Yeah, in in Ghent they were like, oh, how did you why would you pick Belgian cookies? <laughs> like oh yes, that was for you guys. <laughs> but those cookies also, after you eat one of them, you just feel like your throat's been coated in butter. And poor Chris had to chow them down all day long. <laughs> Michael's little like football <laughs> thing there was another thing that he came
3: he just did on the day. Our father finally came to his senses and cut this worthless little brat out of his will. So I guess you're gonna have to sell the Beamer and give your notice at the
0: country club and kick. So introducing Chris's character of Ransom this late in the game, um it was kind of purposeful just because first of all we have a lot of characters to kind of introduce and settle into. He's a very. Charismatic element, and I knew he was going to play a big part in the story, so I knew that we could kind of hold him back. And it also is sort of a thing similar to the big Blanc scene in the beginning, just to give the movie some shape, just to kind of at this point, we've kind of gotten to know everybody and to have this new element, this new chaotic element breeze into the movie and kind of juice it a little bit that everyone can kind of react to. That felt really,
1: really good.
3: None of us were strong enough to do. Maybe this might finally make you grow up.
0: That's an example also of, like, I don't know, tonally with the movie. Thank you. We And we all talked about this at the beginning. Like, I think a lot of people's reference for movies like this recently is Clue, which I love. I love Clue. And I love Murder by Death. Um, but those movies are... are parodies. They're very much like comedies. They're kind of parodies of the genre. Um, and one thing I wanted to be clear with everybody was that we weren't doing that, was that we were actually had—we making a murder mystery that had to land as a movie, as a murder mystery, that was also fun and funny. But those little moments, like, between, you know, Don dressing down Chris, like, even though this whole thing is kind of inflated and, and fun, Moments like that had to actually, actually land.
1: Well, no, none of the comedy is based on making fun of the genre. Exactly, it's all situational. It's all based on making
2: fun of the family, which yeah. we can all relate to. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could go to anyone anywhere in the world and say, talk yeah. shit about your family, and they'll get they get going, you exactly. know? Exactly, it's true, so, yeah.
0: yeah, it's true.
3: <laughs> this looks like a relatively fresh break.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. right there. It's because we just built that trellis. That's it's why. So,
0: <laughs> so coming up here is one of my favorite Michael Shannon improv lines. This whole thing, you can see Chris is breaking, He's breaking. up there.
2: <laughs>
0: maybe Harlan left you a cold, <laughs> cold glass in his will. Milk in his will, asshole. Is maybe my favorite line in the movie, and Shannon just came up with it. It's great. I'm to use this moment to talk about Nathan's score because this bit is one of my favorite little bits of score. And the the theme that kicks in when Blanc gets down there with the magnifying glass is gorgeous. So Nathan...
2: For all seasons. Trooper here.
0: <laughs> so Nathan my, is my cousin, and we've been making movies together since we were little kids. And he's an incredibly talented musician, and, yeah, this here is just so lovely. And, and he's a, also a director, and he's a storyteller himself, and that really comes through with his scores. He's such a great storyteller with music in a way that never overwhelms it, but also just kind of backs up what's happening on screen. Um, you know, in the way that, like, John Williams is a master of, like, just a storyteller through through the music but in a way that's never overbearing. and. Yeah, and we've, Nathan scored everything that I've, every movie I've done, except Star Wars, But he understood.
3: <laughs> the game is afoot, eh hey, Watson?
0: And this is Nathan's first orchestral score where we had a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. He, this is his first time working with a full orchestra. We went out to Abbey Road in London to record the orchestra, which was amazing.
2: And he got to, got to use some of the
0: same equipment that... We had two microphones for the cellos And they were named uh, Paul and John, the microphones, because they were what Paul and John recorded their vocals
3: on. Uh, uh, There's
0: another scene where just it was so much fun having everybody together for it, and also having Frank Oz, Frank Oz, who's playing the lawyer here, who I got to be friends with when we did the Yoda scene in the Last Jedi. And Frank is such a lovely guy. And I also grew up watching him pop up. So Frank, besides being obviously Yoda and Miss Piggy, he's also... Fozzie Bear. Uh, Fozzie Bear. And he's uh, he also, though, is, is an incredible director. Dirty Ron Scoundrels is one of the all-time great Con Men movies. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Muppets Take Manhattan he did. Little Shop of Horrors is mm-hmm. one of the great movie musical adaptations of all time. And he's just an incredible guy. And... I had also seen him pop up in little roles, uh, like in the Blues Brothers and little cameos. John Landis would always put him in stuff. And so I said, Why don't you come on down and do one of those? It'll be fun. And I didn't realize till he was on set how big a favor I was asking of him because I <laughs> genuinely don't think he enjoys doing it. <laughs> but I think he was so good in it. Yeah.
2: He had a lot of, he had a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun when he realized that it was a, a, a hang time.
0: Yeah, exactly. When he
2: when he went into that rec room and sat down with a half dozen actors in between takes and just well, got and also, to talk about.
0: When he was on set, all of these all of these big movie star actors, it was like they all just gathered at the feet of Frank Oz. Yes. It was like, yeah, everyone just wanted to hear stories. It was you know.
2: hard, I think, for him to not enjoy the attention. I of think so, yeah. Some the, and, and some of these people, they, they knew him and they had been colleagues or worked together in some way, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. small world stuff. And he, I think he enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, no, I think he ended up having a good time. But it was really sweet of him to come and do it, and how cool is it to have Frank Oz in our movie? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. my assets, both liquid and otherwise, I leave in
3: their entirety to Marta Cabrera. My entire ownership of blood like wine... What Nathan does musically here... in entirety to Marta Cabrera.
0: Is really nice, because he doesn't overplay it. It's just a very subtle thing. He lets it just kind of hang. Had you tried it both ways? Did you try it with a big... Well, we tempted it with... I think we used In the Hall of the Mountain King as the temp for it. And it was just a little too on the nose. No,
3: that
2: can't be. Can I see and, uh... Right.
0: And it wasn't until Nathan got in there and kind of did this that it really kind of, like...
2: Clicked,
3: uh, <laughs>
0: and this was really fun. Just kind of because everyone is just kind of improving a bit here to fill up this space, and so talking about how he was on morphine and all this stuff.
2: This <laughs> day, was was to, uh,
0: <laughs> he was on the, like, <laughs> <laughs> medication.
2: And and
3: then Shove
0: Jamie just cuts it. right through. Your ass and get out, and you but this was a fun example no. of.
3: Right now, Linda? no.
0: I <laughs> that <laughs> you're about to deferentially leave. Yeah. Of, of, of lots of moving pieces with everybody and trying to figure out how to block this so that it all worked. And everyone's in motion and everything. It I don't know. All leading up to this one beat. This is my friend, Carrie Francis, is playing the Likewise, assistant the here. To
3: Dearborn Drive and all belongings therein, I leave to Marta Cabrera.
2: I vividly remember the moment when Jamie realized. That it was going to be her pointing yeah, at and yeah. having that moment of realization. And she just beamed. <laughs> she knew, oh, wow, that's I it. We just, we just, we just said a. The yeah. foundation for this huge <laughs> moment she was so excited also Jaden
0: Martell who plays Jacob it was awesome he came up with that line you had sex with my granddad <laughs> and, and it was so sweet because it was almost lost and then Michael Shannon came out to me and said Jaden has this really good idea for a line so we set the shot so, let's talk about this shot though oh yeah so this yeah Steve
1: oh Yeah, uh, so this is something we've tried to do before to lesser effect, but uh, we start on a completely smooth dolly, and then as the chaos ensues, we go into handheld Mm mid-shot. And uh, that also included having to paint the dolly out of the shot, um, yeah, which mm-hmm. eventually comes into the shot as, we as also, it swings around. Did we somebody do a
0: little thing right there where we we're on a long lens on the top of the car, and then when we boom down, it's actually a hidden cut to a um, wide lens inside yeah. the car, which I like. Yeah. And,
2: and it then, also goes back to not being handheld. Yeah. On that do, you yeah. do you just do you just pick it up? Do you just pick up the camera off Dale, the dolly? Dale, Dale, Dale did. Yeah. Dale did. Dale Yeah,
0: and our yeah. MV, MVP Dale. Yeah. Dale, our camera operator, uh, yeah. on this and on Looper and their and their dear friends
1: uh so he just picked it up off the dolly yeah so we had it basically we had ru- we had rubber matting so that it was there was friction and it wasn't sliding around but it wasn't actually locked on like it normally would be and i think if i remember correctly terrence our b camera operator was operating the head and then dale was walking with it and then he just lifted it up
0: wow yeah this restaurant is called the flat penny you can find it <laughs> and if, you, if you look, it's uh, right next to a Railroad Tracks, which is where it gets its name. And kids would stick pennies on the railroad tracks. And it just looks like this. You can go in and have, have lunch at the Flat Penny. It's <laughs> absolutely delightful. They have a bar.
3: So why?
2: This is one of the uh, few um, recorded soundtrack songs yeah. you have playing in here which is Sundown? Sundown? No, not yet. This one initially in
0: the diner is Larry Norman, and it's a song called Righteous Rocker. Larry Norman was a... um, He was one of, like, the very first kind of, like, Christian rock guys, and he... His music is great, and he's kind of... He's fairly obscure, but he is... He made some kind of... at the time, fairly radical kind of uh, Christian rock albums. And How how'd you find them? I read an article about him, and um, it got me interested because I had grown up, you know, I grew up very Christian when I was younger, and I so I was listening to, you know... What were we listening to back in the day, like Michael W. Smith and like, you know, those, and uh, but also like in high school, listening to like Christian, punk, local Orange County Christian punk bands, like One Bed Pig and like <laughs> really white, black and white world and like, you know, stuff that just, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I have a soft spot for that stuff. And, and Larry Norman has got some great tunes. And so I was happy to get Righteous Rocker. In the, and also thematically, it kind of fits in a bit with the movie, which is pretty nice. I know three things. And poor Anna had to shovel down beans for take after take. <laughs> Anytime you see an actor eating in a movie, pity that actor, cause I knew my granddad. poor girl. This was a lot of a lot of beans. It's just, it's all, yeah. It's also it's
2: beans. It's, it's beans. Not you know, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not nibbling at <laughs> yeah. a at a salad. It's no. not nibbling at a salad. It's yeah. not you know a nice clean chicken breast. It's no. just it's a bowl of beans. <laughs> 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 hope you like beans <laughs> hey was some beans there have some beans <laughs> <laughs> but very New England you know what are they what yeah. else that's what they eat there beans I like that uh
0: Chris's sweater has gotten some attention we're now we the movie came we, we, as we sit recording this the movie came out last weekend so it's been fun we got gotten to see some of the reaction to it and i like chris's sweat although some people were saying where can i get the sweater from knives out it's like where can you get a basic cable knit white sweater yeah. <laughs> old navy pro everywhere has that sweater <laughs> the question is how can i look like chris evans in that sweater? Right. <laughs> and that's a, a little trickier
2: yeah. <laughs> workouts seven hours a day exactly, yeah. eat incredibly well <laughs> have the best jeans <laughs> of all time <sighs> this was a fun scene to do also
0: these guys really dug into it <laughs> and frank was so terrific in this and i love carrie sleeping in the background
1: <laughs> but steve this was tough lighting wise for you right because the fire yeah so so all of the all of the night stuff in the house even though it the windows really face out into the the real outside was done during the day mm-hmm. and um so we had gels on the window that that gave us that dim glow out the window and then as you can see behind him there the that dim glow is the actual sky but it's daytime sky cut way down and then yeah we um you know we had talked about just doing something different for this scene so we kind of went with everything's firelight mm. even even though the you know there isn't actually any more firelight around <laughs> it's right. still just that one right. but just to just to distinguish it so we kind of went to uh, Little, a little bit surreal for this one but it, it's pretty cool I
0: yeah it works i also like how michael shannon says like oj as if he's remembering a distant war yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a trauma
1: yeah. I, I love frank's reaction where he's yeah. like he's talking to a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs>
2: It really is. So it does sort of, it does, it does jibe with Frank. Yeah. This sort of patient <laughs> patriarchal, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sort of perfect casting in that respect. Yeah, so. exactly. He has that vibe. Yeah. He loved He wanted us taken care
1: of. Yeah.
0: For example, the painting in the background being a green screen at comp. Even in like this shot right here of Meg, that was a green screen behind her, and the effects guys had to replace that with the painting that we finished later on. The magic of movies. That's another insert shot that we got. That was from our insert day. And we spent like an hour trying to get the perfect.
1: Which was also a green screen too. The, yeah, that's the right. The glass it was, was in front of a green screen. And they, and, they, and they found, uh, repurposed some shot from the dinosaur from the ridiculous out Ridiculous, Because we yeah. probably could
0: have just used
1: <laughs> textured fabric
0: and made it work. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we come back to this scene, we've hopped over to the other side of the line just to um, kind of give us a a, night of the party. a different the
1: a change, but also change. to give us depth, though, because before yeah. we were we could see outside, and now it kind of would have been into a wall. At, at yeah. night. Too. yeah,
0: that's yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. What a strange thing to tell me. I love I love Chris's performance here. He really just pulled it back really, really small, and. I don't know the fact that, he, and Anna's reaction to him—it's both very straightforward. But I also find it very funny that he's so self-absorbed in that
1: moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, also, Ryan, you had this so well in your head how it was gonna be edited that this when we shot that stuff for the for the flashbacks at the end. Yeah, we literally just did exactly the moments that we gonna oh, yeah. that we're gonna be in it. So we actually. Like when we set these shots up even though they're static we were on a dolly ready to do the push in for the yeah for the um oh that's right you know know, so so then we then we're just like okay now do the one line for the yeah Yeah. (laughs) for the flashback and we'll do a fast push in yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: incredibly efficient which was only possible because of how well you knew oh
0: we were moving relatively
1: fast we shot this movie in 35
0: days about seven weeks and uh which is you know not fast for movies are shot much faster but it, it's 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 not all the time in the world, you know? Yeah. And I love Steve had this gag of when we dolly over here, this is supposed to be kind of like the light from the window next to her, but just this weird transition. It, it Just a way of giving it kind of a dynamic shift at this point in the scene, especially with a long... You've, you've been talking a lot about with long scenes or over the sh- course of the movie, just looking for shape, looking for ways to kind of
1: delineate... Um, yeah, and we went a little a tiny bit surreal here because uh, we actually dimmed that blue light way up as she as she leans into it, oh, and, yeah. then, and then it dims back down as she turns.
0: And I she love the shot
1: of Catherine here. I think Catherine's terrific in
0: this scene, and both Catherine and Anna just have on screen just a presence there's just there is this indefinable thing about some people about some faces i remember michael slovis the uh dp for breaking bad would talk about brian cranston and talk about mm. how there's no bad angle to shoot him from <laughs> and how there's just something magical that happens when you look through a camera at him and uh you know these actors have that too there's there's just something thanks it's incredible, <laughs> these two specifically. No, yeah, some people yeah. have it, some people, yeah. some people don't. Yeah, I mean, some of the actors in this movie. Some yeah. of them have it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And this light gag uh, that's that Steve came up with, with the, with the eyes that she was going to step into. But not only is it cool, it's credit to Catherine, because in the middle of this very intense scene where she has to land this real kind of tortured moment, she also has to perfectly hit this bar of light <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. in her eyes. That is difficult challenging on several different (laughs) levels not only is she giving a great performance here but she's technically trying to hit a moving dartboard basically sundown there it is gordon lightfoot (laughs) that's where it's at which you know who like sent me a message after the movie came out pat and oswald in asking me did you put Sundown in there as, in, intentionally as a reference? Because, I guess, do you know what Sundown, what he, who he was writing about? Mm-mm. He is writing about, I forget her name, but writing about um, the woman who, uh, I guess, was the woman who was in his scene, but also, like, uh, she was the one who accidentally injected Belushi mm. with with the drugs that killed him. Or that gave him, like, too big a, too big a dose.
3: Wow. Yeah,
0: and so and padden who you know is brilliant in his thinking in terms of like 3d chess is like was that a crazy like <laughs> reference Whoa. to marta's situation i am like wow no yes. wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool Marta or her exact oh my God, was this a,
2: a, a local news guy yeah.
0: yeah gary yeah 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 also it's it's his uh so is his credit there ross oh, alexander that's my buddy, Alex Ross, who writes for The New Yorker. I wanted to have give him the byline of The New Yorker story, but for some clearance reason, we couldn't. Oh. And so I snuck in Alex's name, Ross Alexander. That's Bob Doucet, our editor's CD player <laughs> that we got as an insert. He has a... <laughs> he has a fancy CD player. He has a totally wow. fancy CD player. Oh. And here's Kay. And I think I the Steve's lighting in this scene is some of my favorite in the movie particularly those close-ups of Kay. there's something just so beautiful about about them um to do this dolly that's coming up there is actually a dolly track in this shot and it was an effect to paint it out in the foreground right here and originally this scene was much longer there's much there's there's a bit more of blanc's um monologue at the top that's left on the edit room floor that was very good but it was just kind of a pacing thing the
1: first to console you one thing that was fun with the lighting here is that we were we were still able to continue that winter steely feel even though it was actually sunny during this oh, during yeah? this scene yeah so even though even though it kind of fits in with everything else and feels like that steely winter window light it was it was yeah. actually sunny outside when mm-hmm. we
0: using the plopping this uh aria from la Traviata in there was uh was kind of a, a late ad for the longest time when we we're showing rough cuts of this we didn't have any music under this at all and um at some point the new the notion of putting that and when we put it in it just instantly the scene kind of clicked into place and
2: then bob told you he had a nice cd player
0: Exactly. (laughs) It all comes together. We're like, oh, we get like a cutaway of like a phonograph to set it up or something. And we're like, well, it'd be funnier if it were a really nice CD player. (laughs) And Kay right here, I mean, it's a performance that could very easily be mistaken for her doing nothing. She's not doing, she's doing quite a lot. She's really listening. And there are such subtle things in her performance. I think it's a really the reason that it, it's fun watching it with an audience because Great Nan always gets a reaction, that's a real credit to Kay. I mean, she's really... Um... And Jenny Egan, who's our costume designer, a did... criminal I have not talked about until this point, <laughs> um, with all those dozens of furs that Kay's wearing. But with all the characters, the fact that Jenny had a tricky task, was was she had to make every single person in this movie... Feel as distinct as the cards in the game of Clue, mm-hmm. but not without feeling. Uh, but without feeling costumey, mm. and and they needed to feel modern, and they needed to feel just like real stuff that people would wear. And the fact that she uh, pulled that off, and Jenny is terrific.
2: And she didn't just pull it off with you know color palette is there, but she also pulled it off with you know the just on a stylistic level i think like walt yeah here has a very specific kind of uh, sort of square Mm. Dad, you know, <laughs> sort of lands and kind Segan, of uh, Noah Segan yeah. look. It's got like a yeah. Noah Segan vibe. But then <laughs> compare that to compare that to Richard, uh, right. you know, and and who's very sleek and very right. you know, and and yet so it's not really it isn't just like Colonel Mustard, right? Yeah, it's not a it's not a costume or a, a it is a costume, but it's not a uh yeah. uniform, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah.
1: Were, was Kay's glasses was that uh was that uh uh costume design or props and did Kay pick them out or I can never no I think
0: I I picked them out based on, on out? that because I wanted them to really magnify her eyes Kay could that's right. the other thing about that's amazing about Kay's performance you can't see a thing <laughs> because those are real glasses that really magnify her eyes to give her give that effect well, but nice. that means you can't actually see Daniel when she's looking <laughs> at him <laughs> This hallway was a little build that we did. A little funky build and Steve came up with the idea of having these these lights kind
1: of lining. Which these feel
2: weird. a little a little loopery. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it could have been a hallway and looper, like that yeah. hallway could still exist in thirty years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we kinda overplayed them being sodium lights or actually kind of almost oranger than real sodium lights, even just to give it that creepy yeah, that creepy hallway. Yeah. And Michael Shannon's so
0: good. Again, the fact that he can be kind of like a comic character up to this point and then land, and then kind of, like, ease back into slightly threatening, scary mode while still feeling that they like that character, it's been great. Okay.
1: Because Harlan gave me all your resources.
3: So that means, with my resources, I'll be able to fix it. So I guess I will find the right lawyers.
2: Uh, Marta, that's... better be
3: sure
0: that's... Kaboom. So this is a set, and then we are here back to our practical apartment that we shot the Marta family household in. Back to day two. Back to day two, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And especially in a movie like this, I mean, credit to the actors for, uh, I mean, it's just it, hopping around is tough in any movie, shooting out of sequence, but for something like this, especially, just to stay oriented and oh, stuff. I remember with the ransom note, sitting uh, with the, sitting with the, uh, in the no. p- photocopier <laughs> at the props department, and doing it over and over, it was almost like performing, trying to get the exact right amount of warp and like to the to the to the bad photocopy. Mark, this, is show the of <laughs> this scene was a real bitch on set that? and in the edit. It was just, it's just a. I think it's. I realize it's because it is just a little connective ex- expository scene, mm. and. On set, I remember us struggling, like, okay, then there's a lot of information here. How do we make this feel like it's not just a lot of information? And then in the edit, it was the thing we worked on more and more, and we just ended up stripping it down, stripping it down, stripping it down. It's always the little ones that, that get you. This was a DMV, a defunct DMV, that had been empty and abandoned, and we built the, the kind of... Uh, the part that actually has the fire in it uh that's kind of like broken on the right there that's a little extension we built and then we just painted it and added like the insignia on the front and these are uh working firemen from the area who came down and uh came down to act in the movie which also meant if there had been a real fire at any moment they would have been called away
1: (laughs) speaking of security the
0: surveillance tape at the
1: which probably would have been worse for whoever had the fire than for us. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true.
2: Okay, cops. <laughs> okay, cops. Although I gotta say, I did all that driving coming in. I know, you, and, you know, did very I was, good. I you, didn't kill, proud of my, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> I, didn't kill, I didn't kill anybody <laughs> driving yeah. in like that. Stopped on a dime. Exactly, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is the worst hiding job a person has ever done. <laughs> no, they, they think they're fooling. Yeah, I, I love this is my, one of my favorite moments because they're, like, the only car, they're parked 20 yards away, and they're they very recognizable.
1: Up. Well, but if you shrug your shoulders, people can't see yeah, you. that's so. true,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had so many phone inserts. Ashley Connor, who was our... Uh, Second unit DP uh, did a fantastic job all around. She just did great, uh, <laughs> and she was sidled with so many, so many inserts of clocks and phones.
2: <laughs> They're looking at each other in the eye from forty paces away. It's <laughs> <laughs> <that's> the gag.
0: <laughs> the dumbest car chase of all time. Here we go. <laughs> This is another one where we didn't have music under it for the longest time. For the longest time I thought that we would just play it with sound effects and do like a Cohen Brothers thing. And then Nathan came up with this score and it just it made the whole thing work. I'm also very happy with that insert of the rear view window mm-hmm. or the rear yeah. view mirror. Vehicles in pursuit on no
2: Washington Street. Make, make sure you say no force. No force. <laughs> except, except. They're, I, o- they're okay, cops. We, we have, have no uh, idea uh, how to uh, how to uh, engage. Force, in uh, it. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So that was, and in that pan was a thing where I, I boarded that pan from one to the other, and Steve was like, "This is going to be a nightmare timing this perfectly." And so we actually shot that as a big wide and did that pan as a digital move, yeah. zoomed mm-hmm. in on it. So it's this shot, actually, but, like, in and, like, we did a digital move, too. it. Why, why, why
3: are we stopping?
2: Why are you stopping in the middle of the road?
0: And then we had, like, half a day with our, uh... What's the name of the rig that we use? There's like eight different things you use. It's oh, Russian... I,
1: yeah, I just I call it a camera car because the, yeah. they'll get mad at you if you call them their competitor call it the wrong name. Yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here's but... a brick reference right there, on the left. Do you
0: see the brick tunnel thing spray painted on the wall? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when I, I, I had this slated in as a car chase in the movie that ended unsuccessfully, and you know, my buddy Edgar right had just made baby driver and i was just like well there's no way we're going to top anything in that so let's go the opposite way and just do the <laughs> silliest car chase of all time it feels a little more realistic and a little more fitting with the tone and of the movie you, want,
3: I'll say yes because, you know just to get that report back get uh, it back and destroy destroy oh she has ransom hey
1: I love that when Blanc is uh, pointing to the phone, that the problem isn't that they can't catch up, but they can't go slow enough. Like, yeah, he's exactly, actually yeah. falling past Yeah,
0: that's true. Get out. And I also love the number of times people shout at Lakeith or he tells other people, get out. <laughs> like Jamie Lee Curtis ye- yells, get out at him. <laughs> he says, get out here.
3: Some
2: Not intentional.
3: got him mm-hmm. down. Check him out. What's going
2: on? I remember this moment grabbing, when I grabbed Chris's arm and I could not find purchase upon it. (laughs) It was like his muscle, his arm muscle was much larger than my (laughs) hand could grab.
0: Your tiny, ineffectual paw. (laughs) I realized. (laughs) It was like a raccoon grabbing an oak tree. (laughs) Thank God.
2: Thank God I am (laughs) acting in this movie. Oh my God.
0: If it's not too late, Rom, to shoot an insert, I realize she should have, like, grabbed an air freshener off of the dash <laughs> and, <laughs> and put it down next to, the, next to the puke
2: glass. One of those sprays. Can we, go, little... can we go back and do a little... Shoot it, do right a little sh- do shoot
0: it right now. right now, yeah. Car stuff is always such a pain in the ass. So what's actually happening here in all of these shots is this car is being towed, we are sitting in the truck that's towing it, Kind of looking at a shaky monitor listening to on on headphones to the performance and uh the camera is like mounted on the front and then you get a couple passes and you can barely hear what the actors are saying and you're bouncing around in the back of this truck and you just kind of do your best and hope that you get what you get um it's why so many people do do green screen or process work um which i didn't want to do for this, I, I always, always want to like actually shoot it, shoot it if we can, and also we get all these reflections in the foreground that worked out, and
1: but... and, the, and that light interaction you can you can do, you can do some type of realistic light interaction on yeah. stage, but not that particular kind usually. So. And that's
0: it's one of the few things where it's, and I'm I'm happy we didn't get a ton of pushback because it is infinitely easier to do it as a as a process thing and there's always an argument to be made for doing it that Mm -hmm. way and it's to my mind just always so worth it if you can do it for real i think we had our one thing was if the weather is really awful on that day we'll have to do a process but luckily we got luckily we got lucky we shot this scene on halloween
2: this was, was this your first day of shooting? No. Your second no. day of shooting? It was the first no. week. But first was, week. I think it, was yeah. it was like day week. three
1: or yeah. four was, or something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, but this
0: was on Halloween, and I remember it because it was the spider day, mm. and our spider wrangler, our lovely spider wrangler showed up with all these spiders on Halloween. It was so cool, <laughs> and we all got to, like, play with these terrifying spiders. And, <laughs> and Edie was oh, such cool. a trooper. I realized when we showed up the first day, I was like, I should have asked you before we showed up here if you're afraid of spiders. <laughs> she and she was totally fine with it. She was like, No, I love it. And she uh but she had to hold still without spider crawled across her face. They were friendly spiders. They were nice spiders. It was also funny because this looks like this here on set, of course, it's not this dark. And so when Anna was like Performing, she could just see Edie right there, and Anna was. I, I had to really explain to Anna know when,
1: like, when we do the finished film, it'll be silhouette and dark, and you won't be able to tell. But it's funny because a lot of times on set, some of the the scenes that are the darkest in the movie are the most lit up. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, depending yeah. on situations, but you know. That, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of times because the only way you can get the darkness is to expose for something brighter, mm-hmm. and then yeah. that's
0: you know, and that. Yeah, yeah exactly. When Fran breathes for the first time, we put the sound effect of a snapping twig in mm. when she breaks. It yeah, she kind of breaks the.
3: And our, uh,
0: and our sound designer,
3: Al Nelson,
0: and Ren Kleiss, who was our, uh, who was our sound mixer, along with Dave Parker, who was our dialogue mixer. Um,
1: they were incredible. There's a lot of amazing. Really subtle work in it. Oh, I got a sound question for you that I should have asked earlier. When when we were on that scene, when the when the go board gets knocked over, did you did you guys try going way softer with that? Because it that, that was a so-
0: we went as soft as we could with it. Um, went as soft as we could with you buying that. It yeah, you know, that we, it, okay. the thing is we well, we didn't want it to be. Remember the gag and the get smart thing where mm-hmm. it's the helicopter like the silent helicopter and it's like shh, 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 with the blades <laughs> like we couldn't push it right, further right, to, right. to that point but like yeah. did he
2: know follies by the way uh, did he know this 100% yeah, well, before he didn't know 100% like he had it ready to go
0: <laughs> you know but uh, uh-huh. but he knew it and I was also happy to get a Sondheim reference in here so Sond- Stephen Sondheim who um obviously is one of the all-time great uh musical theater composers and lyricists, he, he was also an avowed mystery and puzzle nut. Mm-hmm. The uh, the character that in the film of Sleuth that Laurence Olivier plays is, this is com- kind of like, uh, I don't think this is apocryphal, I think this is true, it's kind of based on Stephen Sondheim. Mm. And the working title of the play Sleuth when, an- when Anthony Schaffer was doing the play was Who's Afraid of Stephen Sondheim? Hmm. because he was a puzzle and game nut and he would do these elaborate game nights with all of his rich friends where he would like do murder mystery parties that he would write and that's what The Last of Sheila, The Last of Sheila which is an amazing 70s whodunit that everyone should go watch um, that was written by Sondheim and Anthony Perkins, they co-wrote it together and it's it's a story of, like, a rich writer who, like, has a murder mystery party with all his friends, and it <laughs> goes horribly wrong, and it, Sondheim based it on what he used to do. The one non-musical play that Sondheim ever wrote was a murder mystery mm. called... I think it was called Getting Away With Murder, I think. They um, ever put that up? Yeah, briefly. They, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, ran briefly. Yeah, so happy Frank to get Stephen Sondheim in there.
3: The copy. And then she said you did this you won't get away with it
0: and very happy with the, I the reflection gags we got with the house yeah shooting it's there. very
1: subtle but we were actually doing a polarizer rack polarizer is a filter that either cuts out or lets the reflections through mm. and we we're actually adjusting it during the shot mm. interesting oh. okay.
3: okay well has she come to her senses well,
1: she's standing right there, Richard. She can speak Here's
3: for herself. the rest of the family here uh, in the living room. I think it would be better if we were to get it again and we'll get this over
2: with.
0: That uh, obscurum, obscurum per obscurius out of the obscure, the more obscure. That's the kind of like his motto. Can you see that printed? I guess they're blocking it now. It's on the door. Wasn't that also a thing in Young? Didn't Young use that phrase? I think. Oh, maybe. I'm curious. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow.
1: (laughs) God, I am so rating Fran Stash after this. Uh,
0: And then here's a little callback to Fran Stash, and we get our last little scene in my favorite room in the house, (laughs) and this time for the with uh, back to that steely light. And this clock was one that Schlesinger found. She with the, I think he found the statue and like mounted it, mounted it on top of this little box thing, so that it would work with our with our gag. I just it to you.
3: God, you're not much of a detective, are you? Well, to be fair, you make a pretty lousy murderer. Perhaps we deserve each other.
0: so this was the first time like everyone was actually here and this was the first time daniel acted in front of the other actors we shot this before we shot the library stuff everyone had done their own little scenes at this point a little bit here a little bit there nobody had seen daniel as benoit blanc until we rolled camera and he came forward and did this <laughs> and he busted this out and this was this was kind of it was almost like he was stepping out onto the stage in front of everyone and show and everyone was like oh this is the movie we're in <laughs> also the dog's reaction that is the dog's genuine reaction <laughs> to Blanc saying that line. We had an A camera on Jamie and a B camera on the dog, and so that is actually <laughs> Excuse me, and dog. Went, mmm. Very good, dog. Hall, <laughs> dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
3: the manner of death in the case of Harlan Thrombey is ruled as suicide. And the case yeah, is he went
0: for it. I also like the little owl put in that little. Dog reaction. The dog is very con- dog is very concerned about the suicide.
3: <laughs> is anybody else confused?
0: And this was an improv uh, on set. <laughs> that wasn't planned. I just kind of at the last minute we were just lingering, and I shouted at Kay, "Do a little laugh," and she busted that perfect little laugh out, and it was the good button for the scene. Hmm. So now we sweep into the denouement to the final kind of like library scene. And the, these two camera, opposing camera angles where we're gliding in and out, back and forth, I, I wanted to kind of just get as much motion in as possible and kind of wake the audience up a little and say, okay, we're in motion here. I think something's going to happen. And then this, so this donut whole speech, so I almost cut this from the script. When we were rehearsing, when I was just going through the script with Daniel, I was like, I don't know about this donut hole speech. It's kind of silly. And he was just like, oh, I, I kind of like it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll try it. And then I remember being on set and just watching the monitor as he did this and just like sold it with the conviction of a crazy preacher or something. It's not a whole at
2: all. And Anna's reaction to it just cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> and Lakeith trying to keep it together. <laughs> so just...
0: <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield, I wanna sing the praises of Lakeith Stanfield real quick here. So I had been a uh, a fan of Lakeith's from Atlanta and from Sorry to Bother You, which the Boots Riley movie, that was one of my favorite films of that year. It's, it's a brilliant film and Lakeith is so good. And what he's doing in this part, I think it's easy for it to kind of go unappreciated because it's a sort of thing where it's an incredible level of difficulty for him to kind of ground this whole movie with this character. And if he does it incredibly well, it's not a flashy thing that you notice, unlike a lot of the other performances in this. And so it's easy to kind of take it for granted. But what Keith is doing scene to scene in this movie in terms of just bringing kind of like a grounded believability to every step of this ridiculous mystery. Um, he's doing a hell of a lot to hold the hold the movie together.
3: <laughs> and
0: that worked right there. <laughs> this knife sculpture, uh, I had written in the script that I wanted something like a religious icon made out of knives and they found this industrial barbecue grate and mounted all the knives on faces. I remember Michael Slovis, the uh, DP for Breaking Bad, would talk about Brian Cranston and talk about mm-hmm. how there's no bad angle to shoot him from <laughs> and how there's just something magical that happens when you look through a camera at him. And, uh, you know, these actors have that too. There is just something. Thanks. It's incredible, <laughs> these two specifically. Yeah, yeah. some people yeah. have it, some people, yeah. some people don't. Yeah, I mean, some of the actors in this movie. Some yeah. of them have it, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and this light gag uh, that's that Steve came up with, with the, with the eyes that she was going to step into. But not only is it cool, it's credit to Catherine, because in the middle of this very intense scene where she has to land this real kind of tortured moment, she also has to perfectly hit this bar of light <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. in her eyes. That is... Difficult. Challenging yes. on several different yes. levels. Not only is she giving a great performance here, but she's technical on it. And we managed to hold off doing like the per- we always did it like offset until I was like, we gotta wait until this shot to like perfectly line his head up with it. And I feel like even the shape of Daniel's head works perfectly in the <laughs> middle. i so
3: sorry, I told him everything. I figured it was up. I'm sorry.
0: Also partway through the shoot, one of the grips came up to me and he like nodded at the Thing and he's like, I saw what you did there. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, the knife donut. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's very on purpose, you yes. <laughs> why
3: you hard me.
0: So this denouement scene is is this type of scene, the detective laying the whole thing out. It's one of my favorite types of scenes. And it's something that I find like so. Perfect for the language of cinema, um, repeating callbacks to the exact same shots from mm-hmm. slightly different perspectives, but or yes. even just recontext the exact same shot but recontextualized. I'm a sucker for that stuff, mm-hmm. and this just this type of scene just lets you dive full on into it. I was a little nervous, the length of it. Um, And so I went back and I looked at, like, I looked at the original Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile and Evil Under the Sun. And no man, those are like 20, 30 minutes. (laughs) And those are not long movies. Like, it's incredible to how much of the movie is the wrapping up thing at the end. But you understand why, because it's so much fun. It's just, like, the most fun part of the movie. I always... We've been doing... I've been going around doing, like, Q&As, basically, like, you know, for the past few weeks at different theaters, and I will always sit in the back for the last 30 minutes and watch this scene. I never get tired of watching these actors kind of pull it all together. That's some heavy-duty
3: conjecture. Granted. But it is the only way what comes next makes sense.
0: So Daniel had this whole last sequence, this whole, like, last 30 minutes. He had this all down like a stage play. He could have gone on the stage and done this whole thing and performed the whole thing. It was kind of incredible to the point where I had had all my little shots broken up for how to cover it. And then I kind of threw all that out the window after day one and realized he had this down and there was real benefit to letting him build up ahead of steam and letting him Mm -hmm. go. And so I started just making the shots simpler and adjusting them so that we could carry longer and longer chunks of this monologue in single shots.
2: And there there were more than a couple of times where we absolutely just... He just—he ran through the lion's share of it, Mm. and we would then just take a big, long break and, like, get some coffee and, like, take a deep breath and, you know... I'm also
0: very proud that Chris got his foot up on the sill there. It's a tiny (laughs) little detail that matters to me. And also, we, we were paid very close attention to the clock here. And I remember like advancing it like one minute when he leaves the room, making sure that we got that right. The Slayer rule
3: would nullify the change,
0: Will, and you would get your share back. And Chris does such a good job in this. He's just listening for the majority of this, but he, he, you always feel him, his presence in it. It's a tough thing to do, to sustain for that long. The life-saving antidote.
3: No, 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 that's impossible.
0: It is the truth.
3: Hand me that vowel. Here's another
0: insert that we... from our insert day that we got, which is this shot right here, just to show that slight little hesitation when she picks up one and then picks up the other to kind of sell what we're about to... to peddle to you here.
3: Yes. But not accidentally. I taped over the label of these two vowels So this
0: kind of additional layer that she kind of like picked up the right medication not out of accident but because she's good at her job and just like instinctively, instinctively knew it, this was kind of like a lag, because it works without it, it works if she... It had just dropped the things and kind of like accidentally mixed them up but this thing that blanc lays out here which is a such a nice little moral button to the whole thing the credit for this goes to my friends dan and stacy sheridan who are um two a screenwriting uh duo who uh husband and wife duo and my dear friends and I they're the first people i show any script to and um, they were the ones who pitched this to me when I mm. first get this 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 whole notion. And I think it puts such a lovely emotional little little bookend on on just Marta's character and that's the Dan and Stacy beat right there.
2: <laughs> Damn. And yeah just like keith's ability to kind of like he's been the straight man and that he has these really human moments that he comes in with that are like yeah wait no these are all real these are all real people yeah exactly are you back again already because earlier
3: that night ranta you're back (laughs) <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Stupid with two O's. This is stupid with two O's. We went back and forth. I yeah. <laughs> whether it was too silly. Yeah, I like it. Dread, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Almost cut just it. Just
3: we have no real proof of up the also, box,
0: this look that Daniel's rocking here with the tie tucked in and the mm-hmm. sleeves rolled up. Right. I don't know where the he came up with this. He's just like, yeah, I think he used to be a cop. And, and, be is it? and I'm like, Is okay. that a cop thing? I don't know. No. <laughs> i guess seen a cop with his... Tides it acting. feels copish, doesn't mm. it? It feels like he's getting to work, you Maybe know? like an old-timey old British cop, I Maybe. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I like it. But I love, the, I love the look, I don't know. He first busted it out, I was like, oh, that could be cool.
3: But of a slit throat and a suicide.
0: It was nice when I was writing the, uh... The part of Blanc, I, uh... I think I started making him a lot more quirky than he needed to be. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. We have Noah's Noah's moment here.
2: I'll I'll be quiet for this. Benny, look, I I hear what you're saying, but just the <laughs> So was
0: that something you came up with on the day and like? Or was was something that we think, had talked about, no, and I, think I it was, was like,
2: no, let's not do that. I think it was something that we had talked about and had messed around with during, maybe during a rehearsal. Yeah. And people had liked it during rehearsal, and I had liked it during rehearsal, and it was such a small moment within this big yeah. momentum that we had to maintain that I think you very graciously said, all right, we'll get it later, we'll get it later, but we've got to cover... You know the the meat and potatoes of this scene. We got to mm-hmm. get it down, and I just kept on in your ear, going like, you know, like, can we just get yeah, that moment? moment? Can we just get that? And and you, very graciously, <laughs> were like, you know, yes, we 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 found it. Let's. uh, I'll
0: let you have it. The other thing everyone should know is we shot this entire scene. What was this? This was like a couple weeks of shooting probably for this whole scene. It was like
1: eight eight days or something like that. Eight days of shooting for this whole
0: thing. And then at the very, very end, literally the last day, the last shot that we got for the whole movie was... Noah's coverage for this scene. For the entire <laughs> scene. For the entire scene. <laughs> these first of all, poor for the like Noah and also the all these poor actors, Daniel, he had just like flushed through eight days, and I think he had already like let it all he had already pulled the cork and let it all out of his memory, the whole thing. <laughs> so he's like, oh my God. And we had to remember all the blocking so that yeah. Noah's eyeline would work. Yeah. <laughs> and we set a camera on Noah and ran through the entire seen and got Noah's close-up reacting to everything, and that was the final shot of the
1: movie. We had had all these mini marks for for, uh, for Daniel so that uh Noah's eyeline would be right. So when he's supposed to be like pacing all around the room, it's like, okay, take one step over yeah. here when you pace all the way yep. across there. And that's right. So he's doing
2: this this little dance and had he to was redo the this, whole. Doing this little dance and yeah, and I and I think and I think that, that shush because of that how that coverage worked, yeah. it was like that shush was very genuine because I was really watching yeah. <laughs> this scene play out and I was like, No, 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 I just really am interested in knowing how this goes <laughs> <laughs> and it was like we were down the rabbit hole the, the oh. character and the guy became one finally in that moment it was the perfect thing to end with because everybody <laughs> loved noah <laughs> 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 yeah oh, here's
0: those little things that steve is talking about where he just did push-ins for these one single lines one, but yeah we had, we had the camera ready to go just one last act
3: in for a penny in for a
0: pound my editor, Bob say, I watched this sequence and I just marvel at Bob's work. He's, uh, he's really incredible at storytelling and at performance. He's, he's the whole package. I don't know if anyone can tell, but the jug he throws through the window are the jugs that are in his apartment. And we set them up, and if you look in the scene with him and Marta and the ransom note, one of the jugs is missing. Yeah that's how clever we are <laughs> i am forced to point it out myself
3: keep your appointment with
0: john's cleaners and tuxedos it didn't work out
1: i knew you were a no good son of I knew harlan would just kill himself yes friend you were right i knew
2: something about that performance where
3: <laughs> hmm. Chris
2: he's, yeah he's yeah he's gone so cold yeah.
0: so an interesting thing with the Hugh you thing is how similar like especially poor Edie was like croaking out that like <laughs> like that like that Yoda's you know croak and especially there it's Damn near impossible to differentiate between you and Hugh, mm-hmm. said, and so the degree to which we had to exaggerate it to <laughs> even make it clear here is kind of silly, but it, it's where we had to push it to to make it land. And we did like several different versions of it, and that was like the most elongated, extreme one.
3: Yeah, yeah. It would have worked. We hadn't brought you in
0: for questioning, so you could not make your anonymous call. So, example, stealing this stuff and just flashing to this stuff, that, that was something that we found in the edit room. That was something that wasn't written in the script, it was just repurposing other shots and just the realization that the more you can hear a dog, see a dog, the, the, the clearer all this stuff is and the, be, and the better it all works. And pointing out Nathan's music again here, the fact that emotionally he brings it back and lands it in the place it does here is is, is pretty along. gorgeous.
3: Oh, yes. Fran, who will confirm this very story or summit close to it and send you, Hugh,
2: to jail? Now, uh, she's getting this phone call. Yeah. And is she... Yes. Is the person on the other end of the phone call is saying, Fran... Has just
0: died. And, and she's she think, saying that's yeah, great news. She's get she's committed to the lie because she knows
1: it's the only way to... So, somebody at the hospital is really confused. That's I what know. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, is, I, want, exactly. I want to know
2: what the backstory is for the person at the hospital. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. why? Yeah. From their
1: perspective. Yeah, what they're jerk. calling the police over at the yeah, hospital. Exactly, like yeah, exactly. He sounds like
2: a real schmuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I always love watching this with audiences. It's fun hearing who gets it when and who sees it coming. And Anna also, once you once you know what's going on, the the way that she's tearing her eyes are tearing up as she tries to not. It's pretty perfect in a way that looks like it might just be the intensity of the scene. But that clenched jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know, you know.
3: Holland he bought this place in the eighties from a Pakistani oh, real estate shut up Blunk. Shut
2: up, <laughs> shut up with that
0: and this was a moment with Chris that we worked on a lot on set to try and figure out how to because it is it's very much kind of like a moment you've seen before of yeah, I did it and I'm proud of it. it having it I think Chris really sells it well and I don't know we figured figure out a way to play figure out a way to play it that really really makes it work. And then this little stomach sound that Mm? Al found Mm? here. (laughs) So that stuff was, uh, that's kind of like apple cinnamon baby food (laughs) with chunks of, like, stuff in it. I actually, it it was like, I remember going outside with the actors and, like, I had to, it was like a a father getting their baby to eat something. I, like, had to eat some of it myself. Oh, yeah, you gotta eat that first. (laughs) before we do, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. And also, this is, what you see here is, like, after it actually got sprayed in his face, and then everything after this, we had to, like, reapply it. And I kept, like, saying more and more and more when we were replying, and Chris was like, I think that's enough, I think that matches. I'm like, no, we have more on his face. These slow-mo shots were fun because we shot them incredibly high frame rate, and they are literally just falling through frame, and so we would shoot it and then all gather around and see what we got <laughs> And it was fun it was like a sporting event and the sound effect again al's work with the sound effect of the knife going in and really selling that and then this sound effect here of the squeakiness and i just kept t- pushing it so it was sillier and sillier <laughs> And the timing of that, I remember working on that really closely with Chris on the set, too. It's well, pause, down, <laughs> and like, <lay> yeah. <out. laughs> and Steve, you came up with this shot, which is gorgeous. It's a
1: terrific button to the scene. Yeah, this was really fun to set up. We, uh, no, no panning or tilting. It's just the, it's just the jib going up there. Mm.
0: Nathan's tune right here, this music... And as we have the completion of the baseball, bringing us back around to calling out Richard. But Nathan's song here was so beautiful. But when he first laid it down, it was just the piano. And it was too somber, like it needed more energy. And I listened to it and I was like, we're at the end of the movie, I don't want us to have a lull here. And so we went back in the studio and recorded this drummer. Oh, that's Raul right there. And you can see that's a vestige from when she recognizes that he's the cop, that he was the guy outside the house who was the gangster. Well, if you watch the deleted scenes, this'll make sense. There was a deleted scene where that makes sense. Anyway, we went in the studio with this drummer and just kept telling him, Wilder, Wilder, I kept yelling, I kept saying like, more like Animal from the Muppets. Just <laughs> bang the drums crazy and it gave it the energy it needed. I think Jamie looks so cool here in this outfit. Jamie Lee Curtis for James Bond. (laughs) Start the hashtag. Feel like I've won. You guys are talked out. I talked (laughs) you guys out.
2: I'm just enjoying the movie, man. I'm just just enjoying the movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is is, uh, my finest work. What about his um, upcoming... uh, uh, black
0: eye that was a ad in post that's a visual effect and that was a last minute thing where i realized it'd be nice to show that she got she an got an immediate he got her his comeuppance yeah an
2: immediate comeuppance as yeah. opposed <laughs> so to we uh, painted a black eye on him right yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right. i love the lighting in this close-up steve that's gonna be a full close-up there
1: yeah, this was uh, very fortuitous that it was this late when we shot this, and then we went back and kind of changed how that other stuff looked to make it dusky, which is such a great... That's right, uh, the
0: outside stuff, we timed it cool and dark to kind of match this, because when we shot it, it was just kind of bright and neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
1: it was it was overcast, but it was just regular day overcast, and yeah. Yeah, we made it look dusky, which is way better
3: uh,
1: thematically, and it worked with... Um, yeah, with how this worked. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the actual time of day in this one. Yeah.
2: And here comes the ultimate needle drop. Sweet Virginia. Hmm.
0: Well, I won't say the dollar amount. (laughs) (laughs) And we do a little thing here where we tweak the painting for this final shot, just leaving everything feeling okay. Sweet Virginia was a song I had in my head since I was writing. And I've had that with, like, a bunch of other scripts and have never ended up using The song I had in my headband, this one, we were able to use it. This shot right here is a visual effect. And so originally you could read the writing on the mug in that shot. And we realized it tipped it for the final. The the last shot didn't have the same impact if you had already seen the words. There's his black eye, there's a shiner. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our effects guy basically moved her hand so it was covering the words so that uh, we got the final little reveal Love that the dog is there.
2: My house, my rules, my coffee. And I drink my coffee out of that mug every day now. <laughs> Love it. That's where that mug went. <laughs> that belongs, that's property of Lionsgate, you bastard.
0: <laughs> Knives, the title tree, man, Knives Out. I'm going to talk about it real quick over the credits. It was... a. Uh, my cousin Mark Johnson, who's Nathan's brother, it's a family operation here, did, the, uh, did that title treatment and he based it on, he recreated the uh, title of this, this series of Agatha Christie paperbacks. Uh, it was a, one specifically for her book, Curtain, and they just had this specific font that I loved when I was a kid, and so that's a recreation of that. And then these little portraits that are coming up are Mark and Nathan's other brother, Zach. Zach Johnson, who's an amazing artist. Who is Wonderful painter. Incredible painter who's done a lot of work for us over the years. And uh, these are his kind of little clue board sketches of everybody. And how, how big are they? Uh, the actual things themselves, I think, are fairly small. Yeah. It does work pretty small.
2: Yeah, they're just, the detail is beautiful. Yeah, and
0: they're really gorgeous. And they really capture the characters. I have to say, as someone who worked as a movie usher when I was in my in high school, I, I also love having just a good tune over the credits because I know that that's when all the ushers are sweeping up. and you want to give them something good to listen to. So, all the ushers out there, this is this is this is for you. Should we just sing over the rest of it? <laughs> no. Anything you want? Anything we missed?
2: Anything you want to talk about? I mean, I, I think. Uh, look at that guy. Uh, I, you know. It captures the essence of you. <laughs> captures the essence of me, <laughs> in my baseball tie. Uh-huh. Um, no, I think I think we we talked about uh, talked about quite a lot here, didn't we? I think we like we covered quite a bit. Steve, anything you want to leave the folks at home with? Uh, no. I, Do you uh, think there's anything uh, Rom would like to say? No. I'm sure there probably is,
0: <laughs> but he's not here, so Nobody he doesn't is get to not say it here. You know what? You gotta show up. That's that's the number one rule of commentary tracks. So you have to show up and talk into the microphone. Uh, thank you guys for watching. If you're listening to this whole thing, listening to watching Knives Out, I guess we'll let you uh, tap your toes to the Rolling Stones and, and listen to Nathan's score.
2: Good night, folks. Thanks for having us. Thank See you. <laughs> Knives Out. Bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs>